Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. All right, hey, uh, welcome to the podcast. Everybody clap your hands. It's a season of uh, joy and glee. Uh, Not of information, though. Joe and I are uh, here in Crested Butte, Colorado. Uh, Beautiful, beautiful place. Best place in the world. In the universe, our favorite place. Go Google it. Listen to your Josh Garrels. Oh, every time we're being more directive on this podcast. People just want to listen. They don't want to be told what to do. They don't know who Josh Garrels is. We talked about it two weeks ago. Oh, you did? Garrels. I like Garrels. Now, um, again, this is uh, New Year's Day, so um, a little groggy. Joe's got a coffee. I'm just trying to stay hydrated up here at... Solemnity of Mary, Mother of God. Feet. Solemnity of Mary, Mother of God. Uh, ill-prepared for a topic, but uh, we are in Crested Butte. Maybe you should say a word on this. Um, we're here with 16 guys. Yeah. And what we call Villa. Villa. Vija, which is uh, a time uh, to be together for about five days and to do nothing except hang out and ski, relax, drink coffee, eat steaks, smoke cigars, drink bourbon. We haven't, I haven't smoked any cigars. But we have some. Thanks to Archbishop Chapu. That's our right. Favorite. He sent us home with some, which is nice. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We uh, were up till midnight last night. We woke up, Father Brian Larkin. Father Brian Larkin is an old man. He went to bed at 10.30 on New Year's Eve, and so we promptly... Woke him up. What's to, that song called that we sang? It's at the end of uh, um, Wonderful anyways, Life. Wonderful, it's Wonderful Life. Anyways, this this podcast is uh, is really uh, going all over the place. <laughs> we better get to a topic here. But first off, before we do, happy uh, th- three year anniversary. Mm. This is our anniversary podcast. Here, Very here, fitting. Nice there we go. Pants. Cheers. I- that's right, J10, January J10. 2010. Now it's January 2013. Can't believe it. Welcome to the future. This is the year of uh, ordination. Year of ordination for Mr. Joe. Goble I and I. 30 in August. Sweet Jesus. That's right. Um, end of your 20s. End, end of the era. All right, cool. So let's get to it, man. Yeah, let's get I to it. I know you keep looking at me like waiting for me to no, say something. No, I just, I got nothing right now. So. All right. Sorry to the listeners. This is awful. Oh, yeah, we're recording this. Totally horrible. So I'm mildly prepared for this, so we're just okay. going to go for it. Good. Uh, so... Last year, I think we did a podcast on the Epiphany. Yes. Right? Which is also coming up, I don't know, what, in like five days? A couple days. It's hard to know. It's yeah, movable exactly. now. So. It's movable. That's right. Um, so I'm not going to talk about the Epiphany. Why do I sound so echoey? I don't know. But it's not going to change at this point. All right. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So we're not going to talk about the Epiphany, but I want to talk about the, who are these guys that we call the Magi? Ooh, Balthazar. The wise men. Balthazar? Balthazar. Oh, that's right. He's Caspar. one of them. Caspar. How do we know Melchior. their names? I don't know. I think it must be just tradition or something like that, because yeah. there's nothing in scripture about it. Uh, there's nothing now, so Mm-mm. tradition. Yeah. So who are these dudes? Um, I don't know. I thought you were going to tell me about that. I know that's what we're going to talk about. Do we, you know anything about them? No. You know zero. Nothing. Well, we so did a podcast. If, we did this topic last year. Last year we <laughs> talked about them a little bit. Yeah, exactly. We talked about them being okay. So I'm going to talk about the Magi and the star. Oh uh, yes, because yeah. these are these are kind of two interesting things. Like, Good. so in the scriptures, you have, I think the they're in Matthew, the beginning of Matthew, yes. the Gospel of Matthew. They talk about. Um, how three, or they don't even talk about three wise men. They just talk about wise men or magi. The word for magi is just a Greek word. Yep. Magoi means wise men. Wise peeps. Wise peeps. That's right. And uh, extra biblically, we know some things about these people called the magoi. Uh, the, there's, there's all these different ideas. Weren't about they Zoroastrians? Astrians? Astronomers? Yes. That's right. There are uh, a number of different theories about who they are. The most accepted one is that they were... Um, Persians, Persians of the priestly caste. Ah, yes. Uh, 
which apparently they were really really into astronomy as well. Right. Uh, other people will say they're um, you know possessors of supernatural knowledge, magicians, seducers. These are kind of like the worst kinds right. of magoi. Magoi. But we know that um, Aristotle actually talks about magoi. Interesting. And sees himself in some sense as like a disciple of them or like has read them and like follows kind of their teachings about something. Of the so, magoi. Interesting. Of the magoi. So we know about some magoi from the east, Babylonian, Persia area. Um, and there's reason to think that, uh, even extra biblically, that these guys were. Because in, I don't know, I think we did talk about this last year, how in the, uh, at the Basilica in Bethlehem, uh, the Church of Nativity, yes. uh, there was the, it's one of the oldest churches in the Holy Land because when the Persians came through, I think in like the 6th century and just wiped everything out, when they got to that church, they saw uh, icons of men dressed in their Persian garb. And so they actually didn't destroy the church in the nativity because they saw because yeah they saw um what we call the magi uh dressed like persians you know so there's reason to think okay these guys were persians you know yeah yeah yeah. so it's kind of cool um and so you're holding the book there oh yeah there's a book i'm holding my hand uh joseph ratzinger pope benedict 16th third volume of jesus of nazareth a gift did you get this gift i think so yeah i haven't picked up my mail in about two weeks (laughs) well there you go uh this is something the archbishop Aquila of uh, Denver. The eagle. At the, that's right. Eagle uh, gave to all the seminarians and I guess the priests as well. Yes. We don't know because some no, of the priests no, don't I'm, get their mail. I'm sure it's a, well, yes. yes. That's right. But it's great. I read it uh, last couple weeks. And uh, in this, he talks about, he just kind of, it's it's he, um, in the three volumes, he's going through kind of a scriptural exegesis of just who is Jesus, the person right. of Christ. And this little third volume, which is like 130 pages long, it's great. Uh, and it's just on the infancy narratives. Nice. So it's just on uh, Matthew and Luke's Gospels uh, recounting and kind of going into digging out some things about who is Jesus and what we, what we can learn from him from the infancy narratives. It's a great little book. Good recommendation. Really easy to read. Uh, and in here, I'm, so most of the stuff I uh, want, want to talk about is Glean from, from this book. Glean from Benny, Benedict Sixteenth. So... Uh, but it was great. So anyway, um, okay. So you got the magi. We got these magi. They're uh, magoi. They're uh, mm-hmm. yeah, wise Persian, men from the east. Wise guys, Persians. And we have these other things like uh, you know we have the we three kings song. Yes. So we have these three kings. And why? Like, so why do we get the idea of kings? Right. What do you know? Where this idea of kings comes no, from? No, I don't. I always thought it was false. They really? weren't kings. They weren't kings. They were just wise dudes. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the only reason we attached the idea of kingship the to them. Treasure. Not because of the treasure, although they are, they give, you know, frankincense, incense, and myrrh, or frankincense, gold, and myrrh. Wait, why, why am I saying, oh, incense is frankincense. Yes. That's why I'm like, I know there's incense in there. We're both um, very tired. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, the reason we talk about them being kings is because of prophecies. Yeah. From Isaiah, uh, I think it's Isaiah, I can't remember, 16, like that. Isaiah. That's right, yeah, yeah, you're good at that. Um, where it talks about kings coming from Sheba and Seba right. and offering gifts of... <laughs> yeah. If you hear voices and screaming, it's the 14 guys who are downstairs. Exactly. I don't know what they're doing, but they're causing a ruckus. It so. sounds like they're, you know, tar and feathering somebody. Probably Brian Larkin. <laughs> yeah, probably. More than likely. Um, so anyways. So anyway, you have these guys from Isaiah who are kings from Sheba and Seba bring frankincense and gold. To that's the connection exactly so that it's really that that's nothing from history per se it's really just a prophecy we've 
yeah. you know, interpreted as this is a prophecy of the three yeah. Magoi, and maybe they were kings. And Great. so, you know, maybe they're from Sheba and Seba. Like, there's all these different ideas about where they might be from. Historically, we can look at it and say, it seems like they're from Persia, but from different prophecies, right. uh, you know, it has them coming from all over the world, right. you know. So there's a tradition that they're from the three continents, mm -hmm. which is why you'll see some as like, you know, one guy who looks like European, one guy yeah. who looks African, and one guy who looks Asian, yeah. uh, because those are the three known continents in the ancient world. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so... Little things about who these Magoi yeah. are. Um, but the interesting, I think, which is fascinating, and what Benedict kind of points to is like it's one thing just to say they're astronomers, you know, because they see the star rising um, and they follow the star to seek out the king. Well, they go to Herod, Jerusalem, uh, which is, you know, where the king, king of Judah would be, and they say, you know, we're here to honor the new king of Ju the new king of the Jews. And, uh, and so it's one thing to say they're astronomers, but astronomers don't like necessarily follow stars you know what i mean it's one thing to just look at the stars and interpret stuff right uh so that's why they're astrologers aren't they astrologers yes what's right. the difference well um astronomers is just kind of the study of the stars but astrology is actually kind of uh, the way of trying to kind of pull signs from it you know like philosophical wisdom from it yeah some kind of i don't know if it's philosophical necessarily but it's a it's a ology so it's a you know logos uh, what so does that trying mean to pull reason out of it Give me, Give me some something. more. I got nothing, man. I am, <laughs> I'm I am really, a zombie right now. Well, you said really sounded interesting. Well, I think that there's a profound difference between astrology and astronomy in the sense of can we pull something from it? Are we just observing it or is there actually something that can be drawn from it? So astronomer is just like a scientist. Yeah, astrology yeah. is like looking to the stars to pull something out of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm making this up as I go. Like some sort of like magician or like... I just don't think astronomers would follow a star. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So there's something more to these guys than just like stargazing. They're right. some sort of truth seekers yes, uh, or wisdom seekers, right. which would make sense if you think about Aristotle kind of reading up on them and right. being interested in them because they, had, they, were, they were talking more about just, I mean, because in the ancient world, the stars represent the heavens. Right. You know, there was, there was, it was more than just kind of material out in the universe like we know it to be. But they, for them, it was like there was divinity here. And in fact, this is really interesting. Uh, so we talked about the Magoi. Yes. So what's the star? Um, you know, we don't have... I've always I've always thought maybe this is like a supernova, something that just kind of like, right. you know, uh, a supernova is a star that is at the end it's of his trying, life. It explodes. Yeah. No, it's a star that explodes. And it has, you know, I think who there was, a, maybe was it Brahe, Tycho Brahe, this guy like in the 1600s, had a supernova that he saw. But they don't come by very much. We only okay. know of like two since in the last 2,000 years, I think. So, okay. But when they appear, they're like super, it's like a new star that's way brighter than the other stars. And I don't know how long it lasts. I want to say a couple months or something. Okay. I don't know. So I thought, okay, maybe this is a supernova that they saw. <laughs> Um, They're watching the bowl game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Sorry. Keep going. So if you take the um, scripture seriously, that the star is moving, right? Right. Uh, Kepler, Johannes Kepler, yes. who was in the I think 1500s, uh, had this theory because you know he was an astronomer, right? Uh, and he was calculating uh, how the stars moved and how the planets moved, and he calculated that at the year six seven BC, which is around the time of Christ's birth, right. uh, that we know of, um, these planets Saturn and Jupiter actually aligned uh, and they moved together for like a number of weeks whoa and so he had a theory uh and there's another guy benedict talks about he's a vietnamese astronomer uh i can't pronounce his name but he he has the same a similar theory uh that then the, if these stars were together and they kind of conjoined with another uh these planets were together saturn and jupiter and they conjoined with like another um what are they called constellation right that would make it seem like way brighter huh. um and 
So they have a theory that maybe this is what it was, and it was maybe it conjoined with a supernova when it came to rest. Maybe a supernova popped up there. Who knows? Crazy. Um, but the interesting thing is that Saturn and Jupiter in Babylonian kind of astrology uh, represent deities, hmm. right? And so it's interesting. Uh, I think it's Jupiter represents the uh, greatest Babylonian god, which is one thing. And then Saturn actually represents the people of the Jews. Whoa. Isn't that wild? That is wild. So I, I think car- this Vietnamese astronomer, part of his theory is that uh, the Magoi, these Persians, these astrologers, Babylonians, whatever, might have seen this and interpreted this as, you know, there is some conjunction with a god and the king of the Jews, yeah. um, a king, new king of the Jews coming. So that's why they might say, uh, we've seen his star, this new king arising from in the east, you know? That's very interesting. Isn't that wild? Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I'd never heard that before. And there's all these, there's some other extra biblical stuff. Um, okay, so do you, do you remember who Balaam is? Yeah. He's from the scriptures. I forget you never read the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes Balthazar quotes the Bible. Okay, remember there is, in the book of Numbers, there is a pagan prophet. Yes. Who, I think it's like the son of Beor, Balaam. Yeah. And he got started, he has these oracles where he yes. starts going off and... Um, one of his oracles is that. Oh, let me see if I can find it here. You're talking about Balaam? Yeah. Well, you pronounced it like Abala. Balaam. No, Balaam. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> I don't think I you was do. Like, who's Ali Bam? No, Balaam. Balaam. B l a a b a l a m. Oh my gosh. It's pronounced Balaam. <laughs> Balaam. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we know we know we have some extra biblical stuff. Uh, about him like we know not just from the bible that he existed yes. but we discovered something i think in like 1960s right. uh that you know from it wasn't a biblical thing but it talks about this prophet you know anyway so we know uh, that this guy was probably a historical figure and he existed and one of his oracles in numbers is that he says um this is in numbers 24 17 he says i see him but not now i behold him but not nigh a star shall come forth out of jacob and a scepter shall rise out of israel wow. So that's in scripture, but the interest why is this is important is because this is a guy who's not a Jew, who's not one of the you know, he's not one of the uh the Hebrews, you know. He's a pagan guy from the east and who has this prophecy about a star coming forth from Jacob and a scepter, a king rising out of Israel. So there's we know that there's this extra biblical prophecy uh that is in the east that there will be a king. Uh, there's something conjoining with a, a star and a king from the uh from Israel. Um, so we're, we, you know, Benedict's thing, he's he's not, a lot of this stuff is an open question. We right. can't know for sure. But he's speculating that perhaps, you know, these Magoi, these Persians from the East, uh, knew of this prophecy or knew of other things uh, and kind of put all these things together. They're, they're not just astronomers, but right. they're wisdom seekers. You know, they're seeking to glean something of the divine, something of truth uh, from the stars, from the heavens. Um, and they get to this point that leads them to do something about it, which is so fascinating because in the scriptures, you know, they go to Jerusalem and they ask King Herod about, you know, where's this new king? And he's born. And Herod's all, you know, freaking out about somebody. You know, Herod was a horrible guy. He killed his own sons because right. he saw them as threats to his power. So he, uh, you know, is frightened by this idea of this new king. So he asks them, oh, go, go seek them. Um, and he can, Herod consults, you know, the scribes and stuff. And the scribes, uh, you know, the Jewish scribes, they know the prophecies that, you know, um, they, they quote, I think, Micah 5, 2, where it talks about. Check. And you, O Bethlehem, and, and you, O Bethlehem, Judah, mm-hmm. are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. Exactly, but the, a ruler. so they know that a ruler will be coming from Bethlehem, but they don't do anything, which is the fascinating thing that the Hebrews, the ones who are you know the academics, right. are the ones who know 
the prophecies and know it inside and out, but they don't, it doesn't move them to go. They don't go check out Bethlehem. Go. Exactly. But these guys from the East who kind of have a faint sense right. of, of truth that they're trying to glean, uh, and they're, uh, truth seekers, you know, and they're seeking real wisdom. Uh, they're the ones who are actually moving. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just a fascinating thing. It represents kind of like the Benedict talks about how it represents in some sense, kind of the inner human spirit that longs for truth right. and that longs for the divine uh, and how they are, uh, God gives us these signs. Uh, apart from, you know, we have the book of Revelation. Or we have the we have two two ways of knowing truth, two ways of revelation, the, the book of nature, nature you know, and yeah. the book of scriptures right. and tradition. Um, and, you know, these men who have the scriptures, they don't do anything about it. But even God, who's guiding these men by the, just the book of nature right. to truth. I feel like in Boulder, I have a lot of magi. Oh, yeah. Cruising around. And I have one particular magi friend who's in a Bible study I have for young adults. And uh, his name is Joe Mendica, or Mendica, as he, you would pronounce it. Is he an astrologer? Alama. He is a faithful, faithful Catholic man who asks amazing questions. Read Goransky's uh, thesis. This is the hardest book I've probably ever read. I read his dissertation. Just like, oh, that's good. No way. Studying at Naropa University, which is a Buddhist, uh, what do they call it, Buddhist-inspired. Oh, I met this and guy. he's a Tendai Buddhist. He'll be ordained a Tendai Buddhist priest in May. That's right. But he's like a real faithful Catholic. Like yeah, I, I remember meeting him at your house, and I was like, he was saying he was, he was Buddhist. And I was like, oh, well, whatever. Yeah, I don't know how. And then I was like, how, so how do you know these people? And he's like, oh, yeah, I go to their parish. I'm like, wait, I yeah. thought you said you are a Buddhist. Oh, he's, like, I mean, he's amazingly faithful. So I don't know how that works, but <laughs> we have a lot of conversations on it, but... Uh, but I just said to him one day, I said, you're like the Magi. That's kind of, you know what I mean? Like all these people who grow up in these uh, traditions and they're, you know, Irish Catholics or whatever, mm. went to Notre Dame or something like that. But it's just kind of like, eh. Yeah. And then you got this guy who really, you know, went away for a while, but he's back. Was and, he raised Catholic? Uh, yeah, but kind of. It's just kind of like, yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's uh, he's in a very pagan, frankly, uh, place, you know, in Boulder and in and Europa, there's just a lot of different things. Right. And he kind of is just kind of moving towards Christ in a deeper way. It's really exciting to be in his life, but it, things break the bold sometimes, and the Magi are a great example of that. They kind of shake us up, and I think that God always uses those as examples to say. It's really because wild. you have the covenant, just because you inherit it, um, doesn't mean that you just, you're filled with this. And the language of the Magi is unbelievable. You know, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Mm-hmm. It's like over, completely overwhelming what they're experiencing they're not just like oh cool we just kind of stumbled into bethlehem but completely overwhelmed right it's like a joy i mean because they rejoice exceedingly when uh they saw the star reappear because apparently the star was gone for a bit mm-hmm. uh and it was a confirmation of what they were seeking you know it was kind of like a divine sign uh that their faith wasn't just completely in vain like they they came here for something and then the, they're kind of rewarded with another exactly. sign exactly it's we just know beautiful nothing of them now we know that they're buried in do you know where Probably in Rome, I guess. Nope, right? You would think so. They are buried in Cologne, Germany. Oh, Kuhn. really? Kuhn. Kuhn. That's right. It's interesting though that they are, you know, they were the them and the shepherds. You know, yeah. the poor of Israel, yeah. and you know the the pagans who are seeking truth yeah. are the ones who are the first and privileged to mm-hmm. see the. You know, Fulton Sheen used to say, you know, the ones who are at the manger at the crib were the ones who knew nothing, who knew that they knew nothing, the shepherds, and the ones who knew that they didn't know everything. Wow. You know, the wise men. So Great line. It's kind of a cool line. Good topic. Anyway, there you go. Well, we'll see you guys next week. And see any more week. thoughts, suggestions, insults, comments, whatever, we will take them. Catholic stuff podcast at gmail.com.